you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. New year, less of me. When you decrease, he will increase. Amen. And so I want to invite you to turn over to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to talk today about being a bold witness. You know, there's this month we're, we're declaring selfless month. And uh, we start 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning tomorrow. Uh, out on the internet tonight, a little bit later tonight on the website, you can find a guide, a 21-day prayer and fasting guide that we're going to put out there for you to follow along and pray with us asking God to do in you what he has yet to do you know there every year when we give him more of ourself again more of his uh, his life can flow through us and and we can expect to grow in him God is molding and shaping and fashioning us I'm declaring that 2019 is a year of stretching, right? How many of you felt stretched in 2018? We were stretched, but listen, 2019, there's going to be more stretching. You notice uh, uh, there was, Jesus talked about new wine and new wineskins. New wineskins are pliable, elastic, and they stretch so that you can put more in it. Anybody ready for more? more of what God has for you. It requires a stretching. And so this is the year for stretching. And like I said just a few minutes ago, most of the time we focus on us at the beginning of the year. Me, me, I, I, I need this, I need that, I want this, I want to lose, I want to lose here, and I want to gain back here in the pocket, in the bank account, right? I need a new job, I need this, I need that, and they need the other thing. And, and we focus on changing our world when really this year we're going to focus on changing the world around us. We're going to become selfless, you know. And it's interesting to, to, that people think that God exists for them when really we exist, number one, because of God. And number two, to serve and to honor God. You know, we wouldn't exist without Him. So because of Him, we exist. And for Him, we exist. And uh, Matthew, I'm looking at Matthew 16, 24. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must do something. It's interesting to see what He says that we must do if we want to be a disciple. If we want to be a disciple of Jesus, we have to learn that life is more about him than us. Because Jesus said they must, we must deny ourselves and take up their cross. That's take up our cross and follow me. So if we want to be a disciple of Jesus, it's less about us. Say less about me and more about him. That's right. And so this, when we live in this culture that we live in, this produces pushback, always produces pushback because the culture is so self-centric. It's so me-focused 
that anytime you talk about living for someone else and serving someone else and doing for God something great, people just don't understand it. They can't comprehend it. They disconnect because we live in this very self-centered and selfish culture. And so over the next four years, uh, four years, four weeks, and four years too, <laughs> we're going to be teaching how to live selflessly. And the first week, this week, we're going to talk about being bold in our witness. And, you know, God this year is going to use us more to reach more people. And that's going to be... Uh, you know, faced with the risk of people laughing at you and ridiculing you. But we're going to be bold and witness. We're going to be faithful and service. God, use us to, to show your love and to show people how good you are, even if it makes us uncomfortable. The third week, we're going to talk about extravagance and generosity. And this is what a little bit what Josh and Pastor Sheila were talking about. God, enable me to bless more people than I did last year. Use me to, to give, and, and even if it costs personal sacrifice. And then the fourth week, we're going to be talking about being grateful in the grind. Being grateful in the grind. And, you know, we all have this grind, this work-a-day week, and we just go and we go, and, 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 and it's very rare that we see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we have to learn how to be grateful or else we just fall into the world's pattern of complaining and murmuring, and you know where that gets you. So we're going to talk about being grateful in the grind and how we've got to focus on others and quit focusing on ourselves, right? So during these days of 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want you to pray this bold prayer and ask the Lord, examine me, show me what's in me that needs to change and rearrange. Amen? So... Last week we started, uh, or last week we talked about doors and we talked about Peter and we talked about the past and we talked about moving on and we talked about how Peter had to, uh, had to distance himself from what happened days before when he was afraid. And I, I kind of want to pick up on that thought and how the disciples walked with Jesus for three years. And Jesus, trust, he built them as disciples, imparted to them and trusted them with his power. He prayed and, and he imparted the power of God to heal, to cleanse, to raise the dead, right? Seventy of his disciples, he sent them out two by two. And he said, what, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick? And so they, they participated in the ministry that Jesus was called to. They experienced power. They walked with Jesus. They heard his words. They were able to have an audience with Jesus. Jesus, what did you mean by that? Tell us. Repeat that to us. Let us hear what you said. Could you explain that in a different way? And so Jesus was, was patiently walking with his disciples, teaching them, leading them, guiding them, showing them, not just pointing and saying, go do it. No, he showed them, he taught them, and then empowered them to do what he did. So that in John, in the, in, the, in the Gospel of John, Jesus prays. Not only did he teach, not only did he show, but then he prays for his disciples. And he tells them, right before he prays, he says, I'm going to go away, but there's going to be another comforter that comes. And I'm going I'm to ask the Father to send the Spirit 
And He's going to empower you. He's going to be with you always. And then He prays that we would be one. That we would be one with Him. That we would be one with one, one another. And that we would do the works that He did. And even greater works than He did. And so after all this teaching, all this impartation, all this empowerment, you would think that the disciples were ready to go. Right? They're ready to go. They're ready to go preaching, declaring, claiming the kingdom of God is here. But let's look in John chapter 20 and verse 19. What were the disciples doing after Jesus raised from the dead? You would think... You would think that the disciples would be out raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, casting out devils, because that's what Jesus told them he would do. In Mark chapter 16, those that believe in my name, they will do. They will do. Signs will follow. But what were the disciples doing? Look here, John 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. I didn't know that they had locks way back in those days, but apparently... They got some boards and boarded up the, the cave or something. <laughs> they locked the doors. They were behind the locked doors because they were, what? Afraid. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly. Suddenly. Now, we're going to stop right there, but let, let, let's, let's look at this point that they were afraid. They were afraid after all that they had been through. After all, the empowerment, endowment, the giftings that God gave them, they were still afraid. So why is it, here's the big question for the day, why is it that we as Christians shrink back from being a bold witness when we know that God has not, not just asked us to be a bold witness. God expects us to be a bold witness. And God would never expect us to do something that he didn't give us the ability or the power to do. So why as Christians do we shrink back and we become timid about being a witness for Jesus? Probably the first reason and the biggest reason that I can think of is that we think that we don't know enough. We don't know enough. We don't know enough. How much is enough? We don't know enough. Well, I can't testify because I, I don't know enough. And if somebody asks me a question, I don't know where to tell them to turn to. I don't know the scriptures. But listen, the first church didn't even have what we have in our hands. Right? <laughs> they were, and we're going to see in just a minute, that they were unlearned in the scriptures. They were common, ordinary men and women. How many common, ordinary people do we have in this place looking, looking at us online? Common, ordinary, God uses common, ordinary people who may not know the scriptures, but we can be a bold witness for Jesus, even though we don't think that we know enough. I'm telling you, those, some that think that they know too much are still not bold, effective witnesses for Jesus. Right? The second reason I think that we shrink back as Christians from being a bold witness is we don't want to offend people or be pushy. We don't want to offend 
people. Let me just help you out here. People, most people on this earth are living offended. <laughs> so you saying something to them is not going to help their offense. They're just offended. <laughs> Don't worry about offending people. Don't worry about being pushy. Have you noticed that we live in a time where, where you see something coming up on your phone and if you don't recognize the number, you can just cancel. You can just, you know, not call back. You can, we build these walls around us that are impenetrable. Nobody can break through. And that is a challenge, but the one thing that will break through is authenticity and the love of God. So being a bold witness, we have to be authentic passionate, which means full of the love of God. When you are full of the love of God, you become a passionate person about people. Jesus was all about people. Jesus was here to serve, not to be served. He came to this earth so that he could connect with people, not, not that he would be separate from them and build a wall around himself. So as we have all these devices to lock everybody out, let's take note in our own life that we're not locking out people that God wants to minister to through us. Being a bold witness. We need not be afraid. In fact, every excuse that we use not to connect to people, the root of it is fear. We've been hurt. This person took advantage of me. I was this way from my birth and I've just been a... You know, I was a timid person. Um, and I was proud of it. But I got delivered from myself when the Lord told me to stand up and speak. He said, you're a communicator of truth. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to do that. I don't even know how to communicate, so you're going to have to help me here. And as, as we started out in ministry, part of our responsibility was taking the youth and just getting them active. And youth just like to do everything. I mean, the youth like to go places and do... And, and listen, you can get them together, feed them pizza, give them a broom and give them a mop and say, go to town. And they love it. You guys mop and have a broom and we'll eat some more uh, ice cream, cookies, whatever. Take them. We used to take the youth. We were in Oklahoma City as uh, associate pastors and part of our responsibility was the youth. And so we took the church van, we loaded up all the youth, and we called it witnessing. We're going to go, and maybe some of you have been on these witnessing tours where you get a bus of people and the youth. We, we were just teaching them how to, how to interact with the community, right? And so we thought it would be good. We can pack. And, and listen, those types of efforts are, are good. Still, even back in the day, they were, they were good. But even more today, people are, are pushing back on some of that but this is where we were and so we would take the kids out and as leaders we would usher them to the door and show them how it's done knock 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 and I was so timid in that day I would take the I'm just coming clean here I would take the kids to the door knock 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 and pray Lord don't let anybody come to the door just <laughs> after one knock, I'm like, okay, let's move on. Because I didn't want to offend anyone. I didn't want to be pushy. 
But listen, to be a bold witness for Jesus, you don't have to be pushy. In fact, bold, let's, let's just look at the word bold. What does bold not mean? Bold does not mean obnoxious. Bold does not mean rude. There's some people that say, well, I'm just bold. I'm just outspoken. What, you mean you're rude? You're obnoxious? You're hard to get along with? You're arrogant? That's another misdefinition for the word bold. Arrogance. God didn't call us to be arrogant. He called us to be bold. And bold means power under control. That's compassion. That's love. Jesus was full of love. He was full of compassion. He was passionate. But he wasn't rude. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't cocky. He wasn't proud. That's another word. Proud. I, people say, well, I'm just bold. No, you're proud. You're proud. To be bold is to be humble. To be bold is to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be bold. So let's look back in John chapter 20. And we'll go back to verse 19 again. And we're going to notice that there was a moment where the disciples became... There was a transition or a transformation. They went from being afraid and timid to being bold. John 20 and verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace. Everybody say peace. peace. He said, Peace be with you. See, when Jesus comes, he brings his peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And peace, perfect love and peace, cast out all fear. He said, Peace. In verse 20, it says, After he said this, he showed them his hands and sides. See, Jesus is into proving the results of the power of God. Here, when you show people your heart and you tell them of your transformed life, it's as if Jesus showed his disciples his hands and his side. He was healed. He's not dead. He is transformed. When you share your transformation and you just testify... The word witness means to testify. Just tell people what you saw. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. What did Jesus do for you? What has Jesus done for you? Is Jesus transforming your life? Because that word transforming, I-N-G, should be an ongoing process every year, every year, every year. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop. Don't stop transforming. We should look different in 2019 than we did in 2018. Right? But Jesus, this, this is the point. Jesus was not afraid. He was not, he didn't withdraw or hold back or say, believe me because I told you. No, he showed. And listen, we don't have to prove to people that God exists. God will prove that he exists. He just needs us to witness. And the best witness that we have is our transformed life. You tell about the time where you were locked away behind closed doors and locked in fear and how Jesus set you free by speaking peace to you. He brings peace. He said, peace. Look, look, look at this. After they saw 
his hands and his side, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They recognized it was him, his hands, his side. Nobody could reproduce that. And people in the world, they are connected to what they see until they experience and taste what, what, how good the Lord is. Verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Notice that he said that twice. Peace, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you've forgiven anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. He wasn't telling them to judge people and hold back. He was telling them to forgive. And after you receive the Holy Spirit, you have the empowerment to forgive and walk in the love of God. So after this happened, Jesus appearing to his disciples and saying, Peace, something else took place. If we look over in Acts chapter 4, we see Acts chapter 2, we see that on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, verse 1, in one place, in one accord, they were all together in one place, and they received the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit doesn't just come once, it's, it, 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 it multiplies, it multiplies, it multiplies. The, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an initial experience. The refilling of the Holy Spirit should be a daily, a daily thing that we participate in. Lord, refill me with the Holy Spirit because we need His power. This is how we come out of that fearful place and become a bold witness. So Peter steps up on the day of Pentecost and preaches and thousands become born again. When this man, just like we said last week, this man was hiding out, denying Jesus three times to a, a young servant girl that asked him, Do you, you're the one that was with Jesus. No, that wasn't me. Three times. Peter was afraid and denied Jesus and here he is a few days later standing up and delivering a message with power, with passion, with boldness about Jesus. So after he delivers this message, and he and John were walking up to the temple to pray in the third chapter of Acts, he sees this man by the gate called Beautiful. They stopped. This man was begging. The man looked at Peter and John and said, alms, do you have some money that I can have? Peter and John looked at the man and said, uh, I'm out of cash. <laughs> I left it at the house. But listen, what you need is not cash. Right? Peter, people want to make this thing out of Peter and John having no gold or no silver. No, no, no. They probably just left it back at the house. Sometimes you, you don't carry everything you have with you, right? Right? So they reached out and they gave him help Real help, what he needed. The power of God connected with the man who needed healing. That threw the whole city in an uproar. Because this man was begging from birth at the gate. So they captured Peter and John, put, him, put them in prison, right? And charged the disciples, do not ever speak in that name. Why? Because there's power in the name 
of Jesus. So if you're going to have a, here's another little tidbit of, of prophecy. If you're going to have a powerful 2019, it's going to be in the name of Jesus. You've got to get very familiar with the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. Peter and John knew that. They were incarcerated because they used the name. And so when they were let go, they went back to their own company. And when they were asked what happened, because everybody thought that Peter and John were so powerful and they were so wonderful, and Peter and John said, no, 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 no. Now let's look at Acts chapter 4 and verses 8 through 10. When they were questioned, here's what Peter said. Notice what this verse says in, in, in verse 8 here, Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, then Peter, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. So there was a transformation. In verse 8, it gives us a key that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, which brings me to my first point. In order to be bold in 2019, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit produces a boldness in your life that you can have no other way. I was saved when, when I was 11 years old. I came to a saving faith of the knowledge of Jesus Christ in my life. I said yes to Jesus. I bowed my knee. I gave him my life. But it wasn't until I was 20 years old when I was filled with the Holy Spirit that I experienced an empowerment that I, that, that I didn't have the, the nine years before. And so, then Peter, verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, pointed them to the answer, because Peter and John are not the answer. Listen, we are not the answer, but Jesus and the powerful name of Jesus is the answer. It's always the answer. And listen, we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. If you find a good restaurant, listen, you're, you're going to tell everybody about that good restaurant. You're going you're gonna to go on Yelp and you're going to give it a five star and you're going to tell everybody that you've been to that restaurant. How about some shoes, ladies? If you like these shoes and they're comfortable and they're looking nice and everything, you're telling everybody because the sisters are like, ooh, I like those shoes. Where'd you get those shoes? What you, what, you, what you believe deeply, you will express vocally. You will talk about what you believe. If you found a new program on Netflix and you binged all night long on <laughs> Blue Bloods and you like Blue Bloods and you just overdosed on Blue Bloods and so... you. You, you, what, what you believe deeply, you will speak and you will talk about, boldly about it. And so, this is what Peter is talking about. In fact, in verse 12 there in Acts chapter 4, Peter continues to say, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no, un, no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. Notice that it wasn't the loudness of their voice. It wasn't because they were yelling. They saw the boldness. Boldness can be seen. 
They saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. So that, handle, that, that goes for all of us. We don't have to be trained in the scriptures to be bold, a bold witness for Jesus. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So here's a question, pushing the pause button on this message. On a scale of 1 to 10, how many people are amazed when they see your boldness? Are they amazed when they see your boldness? On a scale of 1 to 10, maybe, maybe it's a 6, maybe it's a 7. Maybe you don't think you're a bold person, but God has called you to be a bold witness. Let's take it up a notch in 2019. Be a bold witness for Jesus. Be full of passion, love, commitment, prayer. How do we grow in boldness since God has called us to be bold for Jesus? Number one, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pointing back to verse 8 of Acts 4, chapter 4. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Before Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was ashamed. He was afraid. He was hiding. After he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was filled with power. He stood up. He, notice when, when, when somebody needed to stand up and explain what was going on at the day of Pentecost, Peter didn't, they didn't take a vote. Peter didn't say, well, you know, who's going to go up there now? Um, let's draw straws. No, he just stepped up and said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days the Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to speak boldly about the name of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. Notice you kind of get a little butterflies when you start telling people your story. People want to hear your story. They are connected. People on your job are connected to you. Especially if you bought them a little Christmas present a couple of weeks before. Maybe it's a mug. Maybe it's something that you notice that they like. This is why it's a good practice. And the Bible teaches us about giving gifts to people. It's a blessing. It opens a door, a wide open door. When you buy somebody just a small gift, it's the thought. It's the thought. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to say where you got it or how much it costs. Listen, it is the act of love that opens the door so that you can speak words of life to people. And when you start telling your story about how you met Jesus and what he did for you, how he turned you around, and what, what he means to you, that's a bold witness for Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do that. Even though your knees may be knocking and your stomach's got the little jitters, butterflies in the stomach, God gives you the words and gives you the power through the Holy Spirit. Number two, spend more time with Jesus. This year, we should be spending more time with Jesus than we did last year. And I know we all go through seasons where we're busy and we forget and, you know, then we try to catch up on our Bible reading plans. And there are so many great ways that we can read through the Bible, through the whole Bible in one year, through the New Testament in one year. You can go to youversion.com and you, there's, there's tons of Bible plans out there that you can read along. You have a devotional. You can set alarms that go off. I've got two or three going off all day long. Read this and read that and read the other. <laughs> It's, it's all great. It's great, guys. We live in an age where, where our device can remind us to get connected to God through the, through the Word. This is time with Him. is never wasted time. Time with Him produces a, a confidence and a boldness and a sec, 
security in who you are in Christ that you can never get any other way. Look at Acts chapter 4, verses 13. Uh, verse 13 is what we mentioned before. They were amazed by the disciples' boldness, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Did you ever notice you act like who you hang around? I'm always amazed at these young guys who are seven, eight, nine years old, and they get in peewee football and little league baseball, and, 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 and they dress like they're heroes. And they know, they know the players, and they know the stats of the players better than the players know themselves the stats, right? Why? Because these, these little guys study. They hang around with the hero, and the hero's not even there. They, they know what it's like to live, and they're watching and re-watching and re-watching these games, these football games and, and baseball games. And I, I was watching a, a, a golf tournament this past year, and I noticed on the, on the line there, watching uh, Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods and all these other guys walking down the line, there's all this little gallery of little kids eight years old and they're dressed up like Jordan and like Michael Jordan, or not Michael Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods and all the guys and they know, they look like them and they're wanting autographs on everything. It's amazing. If these young guys can do that for a natural hero, how much more should we do studying the life of Jesus? Learning about what, what he did while he was on earth. Getting into character. Knowing what Jesus would do. WWJD. Anybody remember that? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus think? What would Jesus do? And then we do what, we, what he would do. Communication with him. Decide today about reading the word this year. Make it a goal. Make it an aspiration. Make it priority in your life. If we don't spend time with him, we default to the things that are important to the world, like politics. Politics. I mean, how much time did you spend last year talking about politics? I'm not saying that talking about politics is bad, but did you talk about Jesus more than you talked about politics? Come on, somebody. Sports. You can remember sports stats. Who won the NCAA championship game four years ago? But can you remember any words that Jesus spoke? The stock market. Why it's going up and down. And why this and why that. And da, ba, 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 ba. How about fashion? What's in, what's out, who cares? Social media, listen, people will defriend you. That's the bottom line of social media. If you want to get hurt, just jump into social media. Somebody's wanting to hurt you. Again, people, because people are offended. They need Jesus. They need help. I'm not saying all social media is bad. I'm not saying fashion is bad. I'm not saying sports bad. I'm not saying politics are bad. But listen, our priority number one should be Jesus. Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, guys. This is, this is, this is my favorite scripture. Uh, if I had to have a favorite, and next week it'll change, but 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Some, some translations say you present yourself. And so when, when I read this scripture, I say, Lord, I'm presenting my spirit, my soul, and my body because I'm not detached from myself, right? I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. But when I present all myself to the Lord, I present my spirit, my soul, and my body. Why? Because I want transformation in my spirit, my soul, and my body. I hold nothing back from Jesus. And so every day, I, Lord, I present all myself to you, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, and that is my reasonable service, my worship. Because I worship him, I present all of myself, and here's the reason why I do it, so that I will not be conformed to this world, because I want to be transformed by his word, renewing my mind with his word transforms me so that I don't have to act like the world. One translation says it, it, it try, the world tries to squeeze you into its own mold, and so when we transform our, our, our mind by renewing our mind to the Word, we can act like Jesus, talk like Jesus, think like Jesus, and do like Jesus did and prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's only when we skip time with God that we get divided into other, other things and we live this divided life. And we're all guilty of it. But this year... Through these next 21 days, I want us to refocus, renew, redirect. And if you refocus, renew, and redirect your life, you will notice it coming back in line. You'll see all things become new. Amen. Number three, the way we become bold is to ask God to make us bold. Acts 4.29. Ask God to make you bold. Here's what they did. Now, they were bold. They were bold. When Peter and John were let go and they went back to their own company, they came into their company as, as, as if we came here on a Sunday morning and we said, you know, Pastor Sheila and I, we got locked up in jail and it was all because we healed this guy down on the, the, the square of Decula and he was there and, you know, we just used the name of Jesus and they, they locked us up here in the Gwinnett County Jail and now they let us out and you guys are all in here and we're praying and, and, and we're not praying, Lord take the government down, take the police down, take all these people down. We're praying, Lord, give us more boldness. Look at this. What they prayed here. Acts 4.29. Now, O oh Lord, hear their threats. Hear their threats. And give to us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Not, Lord, give us great political power that we can take down the, 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 the opposition or the opposition party. And there's such a divide in politics that, I mean, the Prince of Peace, the love of God is the only thing that can unite across the aisles. We, listen, we got to quit. In 2019, we got to stop praying against people. And point people to Jesus. Be for people. Be for people. Not be, be for people, but be for people. Don't be against people. I don't care what party they're affiliated with or what country they came from or what religion they claim. Love people. And God will make you bold. Pray for boldness. They were under this threat to 
not speak the name of Jesus. But their whole purpose on being on earth was to tell others about Jesus. So they didn't see it as an option. Obey God or obey man? I think we're going to obey God. But not in a proud and arrogant way. Not in a self-righteous way. Pray, pray this this year. Lord, give me boldness to share your goodness. That, that's a simple prayer, but it's powerful. Lord, give me boldness to share your goodness. People cannot resist the goodness of God. When you're good to people, it opens the door for you to speak boldly about Jesus. When you're good to people. When you're good to people. Why? Because the world increasingly has become to expect the worst. Be good. Be good. That's why doing good. There's such a priority and such a prime on doing good to others. Jesus talked about doing good. And then we need to realize that we should be bold because there's a reality of heaven or hell. There's a reality of heaven and hell. And people need to know that without being condemned or scared to hell. Or scared the hell out of. Right? Some people in the past have just tried to scare the hell out of people. And God's trying to love salvation into people. But we do need to say, listen, there is heaven to gain. Here's a verse. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 9, he said, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. We have a lot to look forward to. And our future gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And then John said this in Revelation 21, verses 1 and 3 through 7. John said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and I heard, verse 3, I had heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, It is finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. Wow. Heaven to gain. We've got to tell people. We've got to be bold that there's a heaven to gain. There's a heaven to gain without focusing on their sin. Sin doesn't keep anyone out of heaven. If you don't receive Jesus, you can't receive salvation and you can't go to heaven, right? But Jesus proved that when he, when he saw those that were, were trying to stone the woman that was caught in adultery. It wasn't about the sin. It was about the one that came to bring salvation, to make us free. Will you receive salvation? Will you receive this free gift that Jesus came to bring? When we live selfless and we take our eyes off of ourselves, 
we can put our eyes on God. And when we put our eyes on God, He always points our eyes to people. Because the eyes of the Lord are, are going to and fro. They're watching out all over the earth to bless people that, that whose hearts are reaching out, desiring to know God and follow. That's why Jesus, He, he didn't even make it a request. He didn't require any of those guys. <laughs> I, love, I love Jesus and how he chose his disciples. He didn't put them through a, a rigorous three-year training program where they had to memorize scripture and, and, and do all of this proving themselves. He took rough, scruffy fishermen who had foul language and he showed them how to love people. Then he says, hey, what I've done, just go do. I know you're going to make a mess of it. Peter, I know you're going to deny me. Hey, follow me. In 2019, we're going to follow Jesus. When we follow him, we decrease and he increases. We follow him, we decrease, he increases. We become selfless. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Thank you, Father that you show us what you have for us this year. Thanks for listening to the LifeWay Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the LifeWay Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.